what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. May 24th, episode number 80. You know what May 24th is, Carter? Mm, no. It is my daughter's 26th birthday. Get the, get out of here. Everybody gets to hear Haley's voice at the very start of our podcast every week, and Nobody they might not that. even realize it, but yeah. happy birthday, Haley. Happy birthday, Haley. Haley Dubes. 20 what? Six. 26, dude. That's insane. That means I'm 36. That's not right. You know, when I was racing, my dad yeah. would always say, He'd ask how old I was. If somebody asked how old I was or whatever, and I'd say, you know, 24 or whatever, and he goes, that makes me 34 because I found him when I was 10, <laughs> and my mom let me keep him. That's awesome. And he still uses that line to this day. Uh, happy 26th, Haley. We got a lot to talk about this week. There's a, there's a lot of racing, hopefully, this weekend. I say hopefully because... Well, I, I hope so. We did postpone last week's race. The Sacramento yeah. Mile will be running in August. But this weekend, Friday night is an amateur Steve Nace race. Saturday is the All-Star National Flat Track Series TT race at the Springfield Multipurpose Arena featuring the AFT Singles Grand National Series. And then on Sunday is the legendary Springfield Mile. The fastest dirt oval in the world is running Sunday. So it's a big weekend. There is some we're not going to talk about that. It's beautiful. I'm not beautiful, gonna, clear I'm not skies. Say the R word. It's going to be a beautiful day, all three days. Beautiful night for some of the night Friday stuff, and it's going to be glorious. I hope so. <laughs> so I can't wait. You know, Springfield is the first mile racetrack that I remember going to and just walking up in the grandstands and watching the bikes go by at 135 or whatever they go. I mean, I think back in the day they always said they were going 140. But just to watch them go by and then just to take it all in, you know, my, my whole family likes that racetrack. My, you know, grandparents go every year, Grandma and Pa do. Uh, my dad goes up there, I think, to both races every year. And it's just one that you have to take in for a couple reasons. You know, there's a lot of racing, but then also just the mile racing that that track produces is some of the best. Tom Rakisa was dropping some some interesting facts earlier, earlier in the week. I saw this post and I got to read it. The last 19 years of running this May Springfield mile, five of the 19 did not run on Sunday. 26%. Only two of those five did not run on Monday and got rescheduled for Labor Day weekend. So Interesting. 17 of the last 19, that's 89% of the last 19 years, they uh, ran the May race on Sunday. You might have saved that for our flat track fact. Uh, well, but I've got, I've got one for us. We'll, we'll catch that later. Yeah. How about that? Carter dropping. Well, it's not really me. It's Tamara. But, uh, but yeah, she's, right. they're optimistic, man. They're going to get this in. Mother Nature may miss one flat track race in a weekend one weekend but she's not going to miss two in a row i'll tell you that well and you know what carter if it does precipitate mother nature is the best <laughs> water truck in the world that's fair and they know how to they know how to um take care of a track there at springfield if there's one thing one place that does it right man they they know what the hell they're doing there in springfield and i like how you said the p word and not the r word that was a tough one for me to say you know because i'm from oklahoma and i like the short <laughs> words 
So let's get into it. Let's talk about Springfield. Like you said, there's there's some racing on Friday night. That's Steve a... Nace race. That's yeah. a District 17 race. That's gotcha. an amateur race on Friday night. And Saturday is the All-Star National Flat Track Series, which is an AMA-sanctioned event. Uh, it's a Steve Nace race. And they're adding uh, AFT Singles Series into, you know, it's going to be combined. It's going to be a big day. It's a long day for me. There's a lot going on. Um, but it's cool because you get to see some of the up-and-comers. There's usually an over 40 class. There's an open amateur class. So Dallas Daniels will be there. Trevor Bruner is going to be there. Some of those guys that we saw go fast in Florida that aren't quite 16 or aren't quite ready to go pro. So they'll get the, you know, they'll get the shine on fanschoice.tv and in front of the big crowd at the multi-purpose arena. Yeah, I remember those days. Those were very long production days. I did not envy you on those days. But it is pretty cool for you. I think they, they, they're still putting you up in the grandstands, and it's cool. You're, you're amongst the people. Uh, it's cool to see a lot of the... I mean, the whole flat track community is there for that race and supporting the riders that are racing or racing themselves. Um, it's a really cool event on that Saturday. And I like what you did. I think I think it was your thinking back then when you were still you know, in the production truck. <laughs> you actually made sure we had an extra headset up there yep. and had some other riders that maybe weren't racing that day or maybe they were on a little bit of a break, but they'd stop by and announce with me. And that was before Brad Baker became my partner here in 2019. But it was cool to get some insight from some current riders that we don't maybe maybe normally talk to. And, yeah. you know, Chad Coast did a wonderful job stepping in there. Yeah, he crushed it that one time. I remember that for sure. I mean, he I think he was, like, going to pop in for, like, a couple minutes. And he ended up staying, like, a half an hour talking flat track with you. And that was a really cool thing to do, get a rider's insight, as you said. And, uh, you know, just mix it up a little. I love the fact that you're there in the grandstands and people can walk by, give you a high five, hopefully bring you a water because you need to drink. So well, if you see, if you see well, Scotty Graham, in the grandstands, bring him a water. <laughs> Graham's going to be there taking care of me. I'm sure she's bringing sandwiches and all all our cookies and all her goodies. She tries to make me drink chocolate milk, which is supposed to soothe your throat, but <laughs> it kind of gets stuck in my throat, and I have trouble talking. So I used to do I don't upset. I don't upset Graham, so I drink it anyway. I used to do uh, comedy shows, and there was a guy that uh, that did a uh, did the shows, and he would always say, you're not going to be funny unless you drink your chocolate milk every morning. So there must be really? something with chocolate milk, I guess. I don't know. Huh. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. So oh. in the singles class there on Saturday, one rider that I think we need to look out for is Mr. Ryan Sipes. He was the fast qualifier mm. there last year. That was one of his early flat track races with us. He actually fell off in the first right-hander on the first lap, still worked yeah. his way up to 10th. So I think he's going to be running for the front. You cannot count out Dan Bromley. He won there last year. Jesse Janish has won the last three TTs. He's going to be up front. Um, and then one thing I wanted to point out, too, is Oliver Brindley had uh, surgery on his foot. Man. So he's actually going to miss it. He got his first and only career podium at this race. So I uh, hope Oliver heals up fast. Yeah, and I, and, you know, I don't really want to talk about the precipitation, but if there's one rider that's praying for it, it's probably him because that I know that was the one on the schedule that he was really looking forward to getting back to his first podium. And uh, I, I really wanted to see him ride that one then super bummed not to see him riding that i feel like we say it every weekend and we do because it's facts i mean that singles class it, you never know it, it there's there's it can be a different rider every week um and you know did you say janish did you even throw janish's name in there yeah i okay. did he's won the last three tts in a row he got second there last year he'll be up there mixing up for the win for sure yeah and he actually got a shout out from aft i saw that wow <laughs> wonder what happened there production twins are running on the mile we we ran them there last year there wasn't a lot of bikes because it was not a formal class that was running for a championship now yeah. it's a class running for championship points so we may see some different finishers but last year ender bits took the win tristan avery was second jordan harris was third shane narbone was fourth and matthew gunther was fifth 
uh, you might see some of those same names. Uh, Ender Bitson ran really well at Paris. I think he's getting more and more comfortable on the twin. Um, and then, of course, you can't count on Corey Texter. He's two for two here in, in 2019. So now we're going to see what kind of legs that Yamaha has. How how well will that perform on a mile racetrack? Yeah, it'll be cool to see if he can uh, if he can perform as well on the miles as he has on the half miles. And we saw these production twins on on this Springfield mile last year as they were kind of testing the idea of, of having this series in this class. Um, so it is a lot different from the half miles. Um, so you may see a couple people, you know, running up front that you didn't see on the half miles. And you might see a couple people that did so well in the half miles not running so well. But, yeah, we'll see if uh, Texter can keep his uh, winning streak going and make it three in a row. And obviously Interbitson, who won last year, is going to going to do well there because he did well in Paris. He's on a roll. I don't yeah, know. He's, he's looking really good. So we'll have to see how that if he can keep his streak going too is, you know, getting on those podiums. Let's talk about the big boys, the oh uh, national class, the AFT twins class. Is Smith back for this one? He is back. Yeah. And what I saw earlier in the week is Crosley, who he rides for Crosley brands actually put a post out and I confirmed it with Burt Sumner, who we talked to last week. But Brian Smith is the only rider in Grand National history to win a mile national in the premier class on three different brands of motorcycles. So, he yes, he is the mile master. Yes, he's very good on miles, but it doesn't matter what motorcycle he's riding. He can run up front on a mile for sure. Well, and I got to say, I'm just as excited, if not more excited, to see what they're coming out with now that they've had a couple races off. I mean, ultimately, this bike... You, you would think has to be built for the miles. Do they have a separate bike for the miles? Is it? It's been pretty quiet. Yeah. I heard rumors that they were going back to the third generation of this bike. They're, I think they're on the fourth or the fifth generation. So they went back. I think they're going back to what's reliable, okay. maybe tweaking it a little bit more. He did skip the last three rounds. So I can't wait to see Brian Smith back on the racetrack. Um, also, we can't count out last year's winner, Jeffrey Carver. Uh, got his first mile win there last year. Jared Meese was second. Coolbeth was third. Of course, Coolbeth is retired. Davis Fisher got four. So, Davis, this might be his time to get his first ever uh, podium on a mile. Yeah, it was cool to see Carver get that win last year in his home state in Illinois. And another uh, another boy from Illinois who doesn't do too bad on the miles himself is uh, our guest this week, huh? Right on. The ringleader of the FBI, the fast boys from Illinois, Robbie Bugs Pearson. He's looking for his first ever Grand National main event, and that could be this Sunday. Wait, he's he's the ringleader? That's what Donnie Barshman, he labeled them that. I never knew that. I've heard about the FBI. I've heard, you know, that they exist, that all these people are in it, but I never knew Bugs was the ringleader. That's pretty cool. I don't I don't know a ton about him, but uh, I'm looking forward to this episode for sure. And I know that uh, he's been around for a while and been a consistent rider through the years. And uh, it's cool to see the program that they've put together over the past year and a half or two years. What is it? But this is his second full season with that team, right? Yep, he got hooked up with Rick Canode, and uh, we'll try to see if we can find out how that whole team came together and a little bit more about Bucks Pearson. Let's give him a shout. Hey, Carter. What's up? Call Bugs. I'm calling Bugs. Do you know why he got his nickname? How he got his nickname? Nope. Uh, something about when he's a kid. Yeah, I think it was his grandma, but we'll figure that yeah. out. What's up? Oh, I'm dewinterizing my trailer. Dewinterizing? I just saw it snowed in Colorado. Are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> well, it's just been raining a lot here in Illinois. Here too. Done, I think we're done with the snow and ice, hopefully. Um, what's the weather looking like this weekend? It, I checked my phone, and it's looking like 20% chance up until Sunday, and then 
at least, yeah, I was looking at Peoria. I'm about an hour away. And I right. think Sunday it went up to like 40%. So they, uh, yeah, they kept everybody, sure. they kept everybody out of school in the, almost the entire state of Oklahoma yesterday. Cause the weather was supposed to be that bad. And I mean, there's a few tornadoes touched down here and there, but it was nothing like they were forecasting. So weathermen are always wrong. We need that job. Yeah, no doubt. You get paid to be wrong. I could do that. All right. It's almost like, almost like a home race. I mean, it's only an hour away, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a real close hour and away. So, uh, the whole family, we're going to load up in the trailer and spend the weekend at the campground in Springfield and race some motorcycles. That's sweet. Do you get to race Friday night and Saturday night or are you saving everything for Sunday? Oh, man, I've been on the fence about it, but it's hard to sit out at Springfield TT. So you might catch me Saturday racing uh, one of my Yamahas at the TT. We'll see. i got to get something together, though. All right. Well, that sounds good. We, we'll try not to keep you on here too long because I know you got bikes to get ready, and it sounds like a trailer to get ready, too. So uh, let's let's jump in and get to know Bugs Pearson. So where were you born? I mean, the AFT says you're born in Denver, and I've always known you from Illinois. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was born in Denver. My dad was uh, pumping concrete out there, and uh, I was born out there. But just briefly, they were they were uh, or my parents both went to high school here uh, north of Peoria in this little town called Mossville, and that's actually where I live now. Okay, so so you pretty much grew up in Mossville, and I know sometimes you're listening as Morton, Illinois, but it's all that general area right there, just north of Peoria, right? Yeah, right around Peoria. I've been here since four years old, so this is this is all I know is home. All right. So, you, did you like growing up there? I mean, was it cool? Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool, you know, for a small town in Illinois. I mean, cornfields surrounded us, but it was like the world headquarters for Caterpillar up until a couple of years ago. They moved up to Chicago, but that's kind okay. of the reason we're from Moscow because my grandparents both retired from Cat. Oh, wow. Interesting. All right. So I've got to know this. I think I've asked you this a long, long time ago, but where did the nickname Bugs come from? So I got the nickname Bugs a long time ago when I when I was a little kid because uh, my dad's Rob and I'm Rob, and, you know, like two in a household would probably be a little confusing. So they, they started calling me Bugs. I was into Bugs Bunny and ate, you know, a bunch of raw carrots as a kid. So they called me Bugs, and it stuck. And, you know, that's that's how my family – always called me bugs you know so does does anybody for a long time i got you does anybody call you robert at all i mean i know that's your real name but i always call you robbie bugs pearson so does anybody call you robert or that is that just completely gone yeah some people do call me robert there's just a couple handful of people and i uh they, they like to call me robert and I, you know i'll answer to just about anything so I'm uh -huh. i got you so how'd you get involved in motorcycles um, my mom and dad, you know, both rode motorcycles. I mean, my mom, I think, had a KX250, you know, when I was real little. Wow. And, yeah. uh, we live, we live kind of in a good area for flat tracking. So my, uh, my dad got me a PW when I was, you know, three, two or three years old and then started riding. And then, uh, I think put me in a race at like four years old. And then at about six years old, we started doing it pretty much full-time, and I started competing in the District 17. Wow, that's a long time ago. So what's your first memory of going to a racetrack? So my first memory of going to a racetrack, I think I was I was in Henry, you know, Henry Half Mile, just north of where I live, 
And I remember being on a PW, you know, mom and dad got me all suited up. And I think I, I went up to the staging area to get ready to go to practice. And I don't know, I don't know if I had a brain fart or the motorcycle malfunction, but I don't know. I had the thing kind of still licked and ran into a big group of people there in staging and they picked me back <laughs> up and got me back on my motorcycle and <laughs> away we went. <laughs> all right. So where was your first race at? Where was that at? Was that the one in Henry? So that was Henry, and I think the very first race was Peoria Speedway. I think they they threw me out there at four, and I don't I don't really remember much of that. But uh, okay. they said I was just kind of looking around, and I wasn't real racy then. And then when I when I turned six, we kind of got pretty serious about it. Okay, so you you grew up close by Peoria. What was what was your first memory of going to the Peoria TT like? Mm, Peoria TT. Uh, I remember. You know, it was kind of like a mix of things. Everyone was on road taxes back then, and I remember watching Mickey Fay and, you know, a couple guys on the CR 500 two-strokes out there, and uh, I thought that was cool. I mean, I was like, what is this, you know, motocross bike? Because I wasn't – I didn't really know anything about turning left. Dad got me into flat track racing. You know, I got I didn't get my first dirt bike until I was 16, so, you know, all I thought, you know, was circle track racing. And – uh but I just remember, you know, having a couple motocross bikes in the field and mostly all run tackles, but just just a hillside full of people. And uh, it was kind of a crazy experience, I remember, as a kid. Right on. So what riders did you look up to when you were growing up? I always watched Johnny Murphy, uh, Davey Camlin. He raced at, you know, the Peoria Speedway even on Wednesday nights. I remember, you know, riding an 80 and watching Davey Camlin and Tommy Colson go at it and, you know, Kevin Atherton, Willie McCoy and Dan Stanley kind of took me under their wing when I was 16, you know, kind of showed me, showed me how to go about things. So those guys I always watched. And Nikki Aiden, um, I looked up to all the boys, Roger and Tommy and Nikki for sure. Uh, we grew up close by, you know, in Kentucky to Illinois. So I got to race with those boys a lot. And uh, Nikki is, a, you know, inspiration to, to all of us. So. Okay. So what's your favorite kind of racetrack? I mean, what kind of dirt do you like the most? As far as dirt, um, being right here in central Illinois and farm country, we have really good dirt. So I, I like the dirt here in Illinois or the Midwest where it's, it's just tacky and, you know, the racing's everywhere. There's no follow the leader groove. Um, my favorite racetrack, pure ATT, right? 15, 20 minutes down the road. And, uh, and go get it on. Right on. So did you race anything else besides flat track? Yeah, we uh, we we dabbled in some road racing when I was 16. That Formula USA series was going on, and uh, they had a combined series. So I had a 600 out there uh, road racing some, and we jumped in, did a couple of supermoto rounds. Um, and then, you know, once our season's over, I'll kind of, mess around with some of my buddies and do a woods race here or there. I've done a motocross race, but you know, not too many. I know that that doesn't pay the bill. So I got to be healthy to, to uh, go dirt tracking. Well, we talked to JD beach not too long ago and he definitely thinks the road racing helps dirt trackers. Um, it seems like, you know, they're crossing over just as much now as they used to back in the day. You know, the, the, a good flat tracker always made a good road racer, but I think the road racing actually helps when you come back to dirt. What do you think? Yeah, I do. I think so. Um, you know, as far as using the front brake, 
you don't get a lot of time, you know, as a kid growing up dirt tracking to, to be able to figure out the front brakes. So, so doing some of that road racing and figuring out how to, you know, back shift going in the corners without having the, the wheel chatter. I think that all, you know, that all is pretty handy coming from road racing to dirt track and back and forth. So, so that, okay. that all helps. Did you have any other hobbies besides motorcycles when you were growing up? Uh, I like going snowboarding. Uh, I've been doing that since I was a kid. We still go down, uh, or we go over to Colorado, me and Bonzi and uh, Carver go out and snowboard with Cliff and Keystone. And also growing up, I played I played quite a bit of paintball. Um, it was mostly the wintertime when I got to play, so we played indoor uh, indoor paintball. Wow. All right. Well, let's talk about your amateur career a little bit. I don't remember much about you racing amateur. I think when I started talking about you, you were already in the pro ranks. But um, when were you first classified as an FBI rider, the fast boys from Illinois? Was that when you were an amateur or is that later on? Well, um, Donnie Bargeman, I believe, is the first one that, you know, start start that FBI deal. And I don't think he I don't think he started doing that until I turned pro sport when I was about 16. Um, okay. I remember, you know, even as a kid, uh, Donnie would announce some of the some of the races around here because he was a local guy too. And he didn't call me the FBI. He used to call me uh, like the little man with the big heart or something when I was a little bitty kid. And then, then right he on. Me that. <laughs> That's awesome. So did you get inducted to being the ringleader of the FBI, or is that something that you just kind of earned your way up there as being one of the older, you know, the older, faster riders from Illinois? That was all Donnie's doing. I don't know. We never really talked about it or sat down and had a powwow. You know how Donnie was. He just oh yeah, he was good at talking, and whatever came to mind, he he said it. So when he said it, it stuck, and and that's that's where we are now. Right on. What's your uh, what's your proudest moment as an amateur flat tracker? I had a successful amateur career. We won a lot of races. Um, I'm gonna say one thing that stood out. I, I rode uh, the 85. 7 to 11 and I won the national championship. The next year I was 11 and they let me ride in the schoolboy 125 class. So they also let me ride in the 12 to 15 80 class. So I remember winning the 12 to 15 85 class at 11. And that was kind of I don't I don't know who who else probably had an opportunity to do something like that, but uh we won all three all three of the races um on the 80 so i remember that thing just kind of treated me good yeah that sounds like it man that's pretty awesome so uh you turned pro in 2001 how hard is the transition to go from an amateur flat tracker to a pro racer my dad had me traveling as an amateur you know and i grew up racing with jared Mees. um and he he actually i remember just he really picked up the pace as we as we started turning pro and i think just you know, the level of competition got better and then the equipment got better. So some of the times we used to get away with riding stock stuff, you'd go traveling around and get to these, some of these bigger races. And that's when I found out you kind of had to invest in some good, good stuff to be competitive and right. uh, trying to round up the money to, to have the good stuff is always the challenge. Yeah. Aside from the, the, the most recent TV coverage, how would you say the sport has evolved for you over the past three years? I think the sport, the sport, 
the professionalism in the sport has just grown a lot. Like when you look in the paddock now and, and, and you look at, you know, all the pit areas and you see some of the semis in there and just everyone's kind of raised their game on their professionalism, which is what, you know, flat track needed. Um, and I think just, just getting some notoriety from some of the other disciplines, you know, Mark Marquez having a, uh, indoor short track race and you see Rossi doing, you know, his TT stuff. And now we got guys like Jeff Ward and Ryan Sipes coming over from motocross and you got JD road racing. So it, I think just across the board, you know, in motorcycle, everyone's kind of taking notice of the, of the flat track scene, which is cool. Right on. So let's move move ahead a little bit to 2017. At the very end of the year, you formed a new team, and you got teamed up with Rick Canode, Doug Stukesbury, and Davey Brown. So how did that team come together? Can you talk walk us through that process? So Rick Canode, I've known Rick for a long time. I raced uh, with his son, Matt Burton, as an amateur. So I got to know Rick probably at 12 years old. You know, and They were only about three hours away in Iowa. So we've known each other for a long time, and he's got an Indian dealership um, over there in Iowa. And you know, started started getting back into he started getting back interested into uh, flat track racing after kind of having a hiatus. And we were talking. We we ended up going down to the Chili Bowl. We drove down. I, I went over there. We drove down to Tulsa, and we we watched the Chili Bowl. And you know, during that trip, we started talking about joining forces and you know, getting a couple of these FTRs and, you know, go compete in this series. And that's, that's kind of where it all started. Okay. So Rick's been around for quite a while. I mean, I think I first met Rick, he was working with, uh, you know, one of my good friends, Ronnie Jones, and, and he's asked, you know, he's, he's helped a lot of people throughout his career. So is, is he pretty much the team owner and the head mechanic? And then what's Doug Stukesbury and Davey Brown's role? Yeah. Rick's the leader. Uh, yeah. He's the commander in chief. So, uh, he kind of organizes everything and uh, takes care of most everything. But uh, Doug Stukesenberry, he puts in a lot of time. He's kind of the fix-all guy. I mean, he turns the wrenches at the racetrack on the motorcycle, but, you know, if the trailer needs something or, you know, whatever needs fixing, he, he's doing it. And uh, David Brown, I'd say David's – He's like my, I'd say, mental coach, nutritionist slash trainer. He's kind of, he's kind of uh, just making sure I'm doing things right and you know trying to give me the information I need to be a better you know motorcycle rider. Oh, that's awesome. I know Davey's been in the game for a long time too. I, I've, I've seen him at the races, or I think as long as I've seen you at the races, it seems like. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I've been seeing David at the races forever. You know and. Last year when I hooked up with Rick, uh, David started coming and helping us. And it, it's a big, you know, it's something that that I hadn't been doing. I, you know, I was trying to be a good motorcycle racer, and uh, but I wasn't really well-rounded. So now I'm trying to pick up, you know, my, the training aspect and, you know, the nutrition and what I'm eating. And, and he's definitely been a big help with that. Right on. So, so how cool is it now for you to be able to just focus 100% on, on just simply riding the motorcycle? Now, I know in the past you and your dad have, you know, been the true privateer, and you you guys had to do everything. I mean, you guys are always going at it and working on the bike, and you're always dirty. But now it seems like you get to just go out there and ride that bike. So, how cool is that for you? It's really cool. It's still, you know, it's still I'm getting used to it, even though 
you know, this is my second year, so it's a lot better this year than last year. But coming in and just debriefing with Rick about just what's going on on the racetrack and what the motorcycle is doing instead of, you know, with dad come in and then, you know, we, we talked a little bit, but then I'd grab a rent or wrench or maybe change the tire while, while he's tuning the shock or something like that. So now it's nice having so many guys in our corner and we can kind of split the work up and I can focus more on, you know, my job, which is just going fast. Let's talk about that motorcycle. So what's it like? What was it like the very first time you threw your leg over that bike and, and tell us about, how cool that, I mean, I just, I haven't got to do that yet. So I want to hear it from your perspective. How cool, how neat is that bike just right out of the box? That bike is, is really neat. Um, it, it comes off the showroom floor ready to go racing. I know uh, one of the mile racetracks I went to, the thing literally had like 25 minutes of break-in time. And we took it out and it, it was just like, oh my God, this thing's so fast. And, you know, it handles good. It's it's nice. You know, I think this is the first time being on a really fast, good handling motorcycle. And I think that my results on the mile, are, you know, are kind of showing that. It's it's hard as a privateer to really have a good mile bike week in and week out. And that FTR, you know, it just comes off the showroom like that. And you just kind of tweak it to suit you. And uh, every time I come in, I talk to Rick and he starts looking at a computer. I don't know if he's checking emails or tuning the motorcycle but it always goes fast. <laughs> <laughs> whatever he's doing it's working so let let him do whatever he's doing so 2018 was your first full season with that team and and uh, you know what was your biggest takeaway from the 2018 season getting the bike tuned into the way i want it um figuring out you know what my role is uh as a rider in the team you know compared to how i've used to been um and just like I said, getting getting my whole package together, uh, doing you know the different training, uh, eating better, and just trying to be more well-rounded as a motorcycle racer. Okay, you finished twelfth in the points. You had a podium finish there at Minnesota. And I got to tell you a story because my dad and Rick Canote are pretty good friends, and and I don't know what you guys found, and I'm not going to give any secrets. I don't want you to either. But he's my dad said going up to Minnesota. He said watch out for bugs this weekend. And, and I, I mentioned that in my uh, production meeting with American flat track and sure enough, you finished third there. So walk us through that day. Minnesota. Yeah. It was a, it was a cold day that day. I remember, uh, like I said, we, we were had pretty good luck. I like that FTR on the miles, you know, it's fast. It handles well. We had a little bit of, uh, bad luck in the semi and the motorcycle went quite clean out down the straightaway. I remember. And, uh, of course, I brought it in, and, you know, Rick was tuning on it, and I remembered after the main event, you know, what he told me, with it being so cold that day, those things were using a lot of fuel, so he was smart enough to realize that the motorcycle was going, he was going to run out of fuel with, you know, the maps we had in it, you know, because they, they kept dumping fuel, in it, and they, they were running really well because how cold it was, but they were using more fuel and uh it, it was funny after the main event to hear Briar, you know some guys having fuel trouble so i thought man rick maybe knows what he's talking about um yeah but that wow. day <laughs> i mean that day Briar, i mean was on the gas wide open and you know around the top and uh i felt really good but that's just not what i was gonna do i i didn't 
I didn't really have it going on around the top, so my plan was to get off the starting line as best I could and uh, plug away at the bottom. And, you know, I made it work and had a little bit of luck, but uh, thanks to Rick for for, uh, thinking ahead and, you know, making sure we could finish. Well, that's awesome. That's a good story. I didn't, I didn't hear that part of this, you know, that side of the story. I just knew that you guys had found something going up to that race. So let's go ahead and jump into 2019. You're currently top 10 in the points. You uh, got seventh at Daytona, 10th at at Atlanta, eighth at Texas, a 16th in Arizona and a ninth in Paris. So uh, how are you feeling right now so far, five races into 2019? I feel good. I mean, I feel consistent. I don't think those finishes, you know, were as good as they could have been. Um, especially at Arizona, I got tangled up and and actually was out on the first lap. Uh, but I think, you know, a lot of those races, I think I could have been a couple of spots better. So that's what I'm going to try to do is, you know, work on, you know, a couple little things that I think are holding me back from being consistently in the top five and uh, try to, you know, plug away and and get some good finishes and see if I, you know, can crack the top five in points. I mean, that, that's, that's where I want to be. Okay. All right. We're heading into a, a couple of miles. I know we, we missed Sacramento last weekend. We rescheduled that one for August, but we got Springfield and then we'll go to Lexington. So how are you feeling headed into Springfield? You got 17th there last year and Lexington, you got 13th there last year. So uh, you got to be excited to get back on the miles on that bike. Yeah, I'm really excited to get back to Springfield. So Last year, both Springfields, we had some just some stupid issues. I guess uh, had a clutch issue Memorial Day weekend, and then had a wiring problem uh, Labor Day, and they're both like right at the beginning of the main event. So I didn't get to race uh, either main event. But Springfield, you know, it's been it's been hard on me in the past. I've fallen off there pretty pretty good, and uh, you know you're you're kind of always a little gun shy and uh last year i i felt better than i've ever felt at springfield you know and i feel like the confidence is back there and and i'm re- i'm really looking forward to going back to springfield and and finishing and uh putting that ftr up front we, we saw last year just how excited jeffrey carver was he's also from illinois he's part of the fbi but how excited and what would it mean to you to win your first national at, at the springfield mile well, Springfield would be cool, right? Um, like I said, it's an hour away from home, uh, and it's like the mecca of flat track racing. I think it's it's probably one of, if not the biggest event of the year. And, you know, to win it in front of family and friends, uh, it just wouldn't get any better than that. You know, Peoria is a little bit closer, but, but uh, either one would be really special. Okay. So besides Peoria and Springfield, we just talked about, are there any other events that you're really looking forward to for the rest of the 2019 season? I'm, I'm looking forward to going to Laconia. I mean, I, I like the new venues. Uh, I like that, you know, no one has any notes there and no one's really at an advantage. So um, I think I can adapt to the racetrack and, and I think I can do well on those short tracks. I, you know, I like riding the big bike on the short track. So I'm kind of looking forward to what Laconia has to offer. And then yeah, I, the course Peoria in August. Right, right. I, I know I, was, I didn't think about Laconia for you, but I, I think that's a good fit for you. I think you're always, you're always really tough on short tracks. I'm talking about some non-national events that I've gone and, you know, and watched you at some Steve Nace races, some all-star nationals and stuff like that. And, and you're one heck of a short track racer, so I think that's going to be a good one for you. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm. I don't even know what the track looks like, uh, but I heard it's a short track and uh, it's a new one, so I'm ready for it. Right on. All right. Well, let's talk about your girlfriend a little bit. She's no stranger to riding a motorcycle as well. So, how did you two meet? So yeah, Molly. She she uh, grew up just right outside of Peoria, also, and you know, being being uh, from the same district. So when I wasn't racing the national scene, I was racing in District 17. Uh, doing all the races around here so got to know molly and then uh she she got her pro license and started you know racing some of the pro events too and like you said she she's no stranger she can she's a go faster she uh she could probably give me a few tips for going to springfield mile <laughs> that's for sure i think she uh i think she podiumed there before and I, I can't remember what class it was but i think i remember that yeah yeah she she podiumed on an xr there um when they first, I don't know what they called that class, but I think she got second to Vanderkoy that day, and uh, she goes fast. She can roll, but she's a really big help, you know, on and off the track or with the kids at home. It's cool, you know, having somebody that understands the lifestyle that I that I have and, uh, and you know, kind of works with me. And when I come off the track, if, if I say I got to take a tooth off or do this or that, it's kind of nice that she understands uh, what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned your kids, and that's what I was getting ready to talk to you next. You're a full-time, you know, flat track racer and a full-time dad. So how do you balance all that stuff? Oh, as best I can, right? So I'm getting a trailer ready for Springfield so uh, we can all go, and the kids and Molly and me will be staying at the campground. So I, I try to take him to, you know, any of the events that, that I can, you know, especially the, the close ones. So I, uh, I do that. And then we all have motorcycles. I mean, my daughter, Lily, my son, Blake, they have bikes and of course Molly rides. So, you know, we, we go dirt bike riding and, uh, and their mother and I still get along really well. So, you know, we work together and she kind of works with me. So, it fits my schedule, you know, when I'm home, I, I'll get them. And, you know, when I'm gone, we make sure they're taken care of. So it all works, you know, really, you know, as good as it could. I could, I couldn't ask for anything better right now. So that's great, man. That's good. Family is so important. So do the kids like watching dad race? Yeah. The kids like watching dad race. Um, Blake's on me about racing, He's he's seven right now. We got a KTM fifty, and and he's a little ripper. But Dad's kind of thinking maybe golf in college sounds better than professional <laughs> motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that a time or two on on this podcast actually. So, uh, are you still pouring concrete? You know, when you're not racing full time, are you still doing that? Yeah, still working construction with Dad. We were in the cemetery earlier today, uh, setting a, a big uh, gravestone monument. So still doing that when i'm at home with him and you know doing the, the dad thing and you know balancing it all right now but um flat track racing seems to be on the rise and uh you know hopefully the more exposure we get the the more i can just focus on that until it's time to hang my steel shoe up all right i got one more question before we get into the final few uh you know graham's question the rapid fire questions so i got i'm a numbers kind of guy and i i kind of know the answer to this one i think but why are you number 27 well i was number 17 growing up you know for a long time and uh when i turned pro sport 
I requested 17 first and 27 was my second pick and I got the 27 and uh, Henry Wiles actually got his national number before I did. So he was 17 and 27 was my next pick. So I, uh, I got a hold of Davey Camlin's dad, Don, and I said, Hey, it's time for me to get a national number. And I, you know, I really want to get 27. And uh, is that okay with you? What do you think about that? And, and he, he said that was great. And he was happy to have me run it. So that's how I ended up with 27. Okay. I like it. And I like that you kept the 27 in Illinois. That's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm glad you, you called Davey's dad and asked him for permission. I think that's a, a, a real honor, honorable thing to do. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, it worked out, you know, for a reason. I think 27 was meant to stay here in Illinois and, you know, all the fans, uh, remember Davey and I, and I run the same font and, uh, We'll just keep it going. Right on. All right. Well, we're at the episode or part of the episode where it's time for Graham's question. And you know who Graham is because she's a she's a huge Robbie Pearson fan. She always talks about you. But she said she knows oh, yeah. you're 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 not thrilled about your your son racing motorcycles. But do you think you can tell him no if he really wants to race flat track? Oh, I I tell you what, it's getting harder. You know, because I was dead set he's not a motorcycle racer and. uh I think every year, every year, I'm like, man, maybe I'll just, I'll let him do one. So I was actually talking about that to Molly, and uh, I'm like, man, I'm about to cave in. I think I'm about to cave and just <laughs> let him do one. But I know once I do that, then the door is wide open, and, you know, he's going to be a motorcycle racer. So I'm kind of torn. <laughs> you know, I, you. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which direction to go. We'll see. You might see him out there on a the track. Well, I hope I hope he's got number twenty-seven, so we know it's definitely uh, your little boy. How's that? Yeah, me too. I was hoping that I tried, <laughs> you know, put twenty-seven on his bike, and then uh, and then he's like, "Oh, I don't know if I want to be twenty-seven. I think maybe I want my own number." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh that's funny. Yeah. That is too funny. So we're already at the point of the episode. It's our rapid fire question. So tell tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you these next few questions. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. What's your favorite track? I think you answered this one earlier, but I want to hear it one more time. What's your favorite track? Peoria TT. All right. What's the favorite motorcycle you've ever ridden? The FTR is really good, um, but I, I also was thinking a Rotax 252 stroke in the heart frame, and that thing was bad wow. uh, fast. <laughs> okay. That's the first time I've heard that answer. I like that. So uh, here's kind of a tough one for you, or maybe not tough. I don't know. It's tough for me, I guess. If you could add one race to the 2020 AFT schedule, which track would it be? I want to see Oklahoma City Mile back on the schedule. Um, we got fifth there last year, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a physical mile racetrack, and I want to go back there next year. So I hope, I hope it's on the schedule. All right. I think it might be. We'll have to wait and see. So um, here's a random one. How many teeth are you missing from your sprocket tattoo on your elbow? <laughs> a few. I bet I'm missing three of them. I haven't counted for sure, but I'm missing a couple. I keep I keep <laughs> falling off the motorcycle and scrubbing teeth off. Or are you going to wait until you retire to fix it or what? But uh, that's probably the safe bet, huh? Yeah, I, I've, <laughs> I've been thinking I want another tattoo, but life's getting in the way right now. <laughs> I got, I got you. Uh, which, which Grand National are you gonna win this year, and then uh, who, who's gonna get that victory lap? So it's two parter. Peoria TT and okay. uh, Rick Canode's got to get the victory lap. I mean, he, he's he's spending a whole lot of time to give me a fast motorcycle. So, well, you know what? 
I, I'm going to go ahead and make an exception right now on Off the Groove. If you win the Peoria TT, I'm, I think you're going to have to take about five victory laps because I think uh, a few other people will want to go with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to have people on the handlebars and uh, there'll be people all over that motorcycle. That'd be all right. I think you'd take a couple of victory laps. I don't think anybody would mind. So are there any new FBI riders coming up that I should be keeping an eye on? There's, you know, there's a lot of fast uh, kids growing up uh, around here in the district. I know every race this season, I think, has been rained out. They've had five on the schedule, and they've all been rained out. So uh, I'm kind of partial. I like Big Al Sandoval, the Tidwell boys, and Dallas Daniels. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, his pro debut goes and uh, looking forward to another FBI member joining the crew. And there's a I'm I'll be I'll be uh, missing too too many if I try to name them all, but uh, there's a lot of good fast kids around here, and you know I was kind of thinking I'd like to to get together with them and try to do some uh, you know motorcycle classes if I can. You know I want to see I want to see the District 17, the FBI riders excel. You know when they they go on to the professional career, so we'll see what we can do with that. That's awesome. So who's better on the slopes, you, Bonzi, or Carver? Oh, me for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> they're All a little right. out of control. They're, they're a little bit. <laughs> they're a little bit uh, younger, and and uh, sometimes they'll, they'll they think they'll go faster, but I'm just a little smarter than they are. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> just like just like they're on the motorcycle, huh? A little out of control. <laughs> A lot of control. That's right. <laughs> all right. Same same three people. If you all played paintball, who would win? Oh, paintball. I don't know if they know how, which which end of the barrel the ball comes out. I'll dominate them in the game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last question. What are you most proud of? Uh, I think I'm most proud of just you know the balance right now. I mean, being a professional motorcycle racer, being you know, the best dad I can be and, uh, you know, working and, you know, just trying to, just trying to put it all together and do the best I can. Right on. Well, Bugs, I'm a huge fan. I have been for a very long time. I really appreciate the time here on off the groove. And now is your chance to say thank you to anyone and everyone you want to. Yeah. I want to tell you, Scotty, thanks a lot for having me on there. And, uh, there's, there's just a lot of people that, that, help me to get down the road and do what I love to do. You know, especially my family, they've been, they've been behind me, uh, since day one, but, uh, some of the guys I got to help, like I said, Rick Canode, Doug Stukesenberry, Kenny Height, David Brown, Brian Hawkins, Randy Rosie, Kerry Patterson, Michael Lawless, all those guys helped me at the racetrack. Um, and as far as the sponsor list goes, we've, we've got a ton, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna name it you know, quite a few off here. We got RJ performance, height logistics, country saloon, Peoria motorcycle club, Glenn's auto body, R and R racing, rig dog, clipper industry, rod Lake, Royal publishing, Joe Baggett trucking, showy helmets, grand prix, bill built exhaust, light shoe, pro plates, motion pro, Recluse Clutch, Olin's, Saddleman, Evans Coolant, TCX Boots, Heroic Leathers, and there's there's more, but uh, I got to thank all those people. Otherwise, there's no, no way I'd be able to go to track racing like I love to. 
Right on. Well, Bugs, keep keep that list handy because I know your first Grand National victory is coming, bud. And, and uh, man, just keep going for it. And uh, we'll see you this weekend in Springfield. And best of luck to you. And again, thanks, thanks so much for your time. Awesome. Thanks, Scotty. See you this weekend, man. Yeah, what's up, Doobler? <laughs> is that your Bugs impersonation? Uh, it was pretty bad. I'm sorry. I didn't, I, like, I never knew the story why they call him Bugs. And I didn't think it was Bugs Bunny, but it is. It's Bugs Bunny, huh? Yeah, cause I guess because he liked to eat carrots and uh, him and his dad have the same name. And uh, his grandma called him that. So that's pretty cool. I didn't know that, that story. I think I'd heard something about it. It's something, somebody in his family, but it's good to get the story straight from the person that's called that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, dude, he seems like a hell of a guy. Um, yeah, really cool to hear him talk about how that team came together. Um, you know, what it means to how much it means to him to be able to focus strictly on, on riding. And it's not just him. You see a lot of different riders across the series being able to focus strictly on riding. I think that's really helped the series overall. You know, the, the riders are, are able to focus strictly on riding and, and not worry about working, working their bikes or stressing about getting to the tracks. Um, I think that's kind of taken the whole series up a step, huh? Well, yeah, I think so too. You know, whenever I was racing, it's usually just me and my dad. Sometimes I had, you know, if I was riding for somebody else, they would be involved as well. But, you know, when, you, when you're a rider, you come off the racetrack, you just want to sit down and take it easy. But if you're a privateer and you don't have a lot of help, you got to, you know, I would tell my dad what we wanted to change. And then while he's changing the gear, I'd be putting gas in the bike or, you know, knocking the extra dirt off the bike or whatever it needed. And you don't have a real chance to sit down and focus on your next race. You know, when you're going out on the track next, what do you have to do? What heat race are you in? Or what main event are you in? Or what, you know, there's so many things that go on in your head. And for him, Bucks Pearson, just to be able to come in off the track, talk to Canode, tell him what he needs or what he thinks it needs. They can talk for a little bit, plug that bike in the computer, make some adjustments. Bugs can sit back. He can focus on what his job is, and that's to ride that motorcycle to the best of his ability. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know a ton about Cano, but he's no slouch. He's uh, he's definitely been around a flat track motorcycle for a while. I know that for sure. And uh, it's cool to for him to kind of feed off, them to kind of feed off each other and, and build the program that they're building. So can you imagine if he wins that Springfield Mile on Sunday after we talked about it, how cool that would be? I mean, even, be, even if we didn't be. talk about it, it'd be cool, but... That'd be awesome. And you know what? And I think, you know, Rick Note, like you said, has been around the block for a while. They're learning this motorcycle and now they're learning each other and they're getting better and better and they're figuring things out. So it could it could very well happen this weekend. Well, and we see it in the level of competition in the twins class. You know, a lot of these other rep Briar Bauman that's got that's had a little bit more time on that Indian. They they're getting they're figuring it out. Um and they're all catching up to Mies. I mean Mies, how many wins has he had this season? One? One win. Who no. One. Uh, do we need to start the streak again? How many races has it been since he won? Just since Texas, so just two. Oh, well, no. Nah. We'll, we'll wait till it gets to about <laughs> five till we till we make a point. Have you talked to uh, Tolbert yet? We got to talk to Tolbert? We're, you know what? We're just going to call him up one night when uh, he's least expecting <laughs> it, and we're going to hit him cold turkey. I love it. He'll probably hang and up on us, but we'll try it. That's all right. That's all right. We, yep. He can hang up on us. We'll call him back. So, Shortest episode ever. <laughs> One other rider, Quick. what? What do you got? I was going to say, one other rider we have to include in the mix for sure is Brand Robinson. He's on a fire this year. We talked to him at the beginning of the season, and he's proven that he's ready. So, uh, you know, he struggled there last year. Uh, didn't complete all the laps. They had mechanical issues when he was riding the factory Harley-Davidson team. And I think they've got everything figured out. Uh, he's definitely going to be up the other front. He's won. Didn't he win, like, back-to-back Springfield Miles one year? 
Yep, Arm Brewster was turning the wrenches on a Kawasaki, and TJ Burnett was the team owner then. And uh, yeah, he he went back to back. So it can definitely happen. And uh, good equipment. He's got the confidence. He can be up front for sure. Another twins rider we should keep an eye out for is Johnny Lewis. He's teamed up with BriggsAuto.com and Johnny Goad, and uh, he can definitely go fast on an Indian and could possibly win the mile too. Springfield Mile, man. I can't believe we're already going to Springfield this weekend. The end of May, Memorial Weekend, always in Springfield. Are you ready for the flat track fact? Oh, that's we almost we almost ended the episode without the flat track fact. Hit us with this week's flat track fact. Well, I'm not taking the credit for this one. This was from Bert Sumner, who we just talked to last week. But Brian Smith has won 21 of the last 42 mile nationals. That's 50. percent That is crazy. There's a reason they call him the Mile Master, which, you know, we, we say time and time again, but the odds are in his favor. Absolutely. So thanks, Bert, for the flat track fact of the week. Yes, sir. Try to keep that going. And uh, that's all I've got. I've got to head on over here to the, the amateur TT tonight. That's going to be a good time. I'm a little bit jealous that I'm not out there in Springfield. I may try to make it out there for uh, for the Labor Day weekend, but... Uh, you know, I'm doing some outdoor moto this weekend, doing it. Uh, it's going to be there in uh, Pala, Pala, California. And then next weekend, I'll be in Colorado doing some uh, some outdoor moto. How about that? I got to get my motorcycle fixed somehow, man. I'm jealous you're going to outdoor motor- motocross. I have been to one since Scotty Parker took me to Redbud. And man, that was a long time ago. I don't know, man. It's definitely not flat track but it is cool i mean especially like when you have a, an event like last weekend that mudder just the endurance level of these riders that to get through that mud and finish a race is pretty insane um but yeah it's it's definitely not flat track but it's still we'll super let, cool we'll let you slide because it's a motorcycle race and it's good to see it going back to the two-wheel action yeah hey carter what you keep it on four wheels. All our race fans, keep it on two wheels. Smash that like button. Tell all your friends. Give us a comment. Give us a follow. We appreciate everything. Yes, we like it all. I'm off to Cali. I'm going to the racetrack. I, I got to hurry up and get out there. All right, man. Have fun this weekend. Stay dry. Super dry. I hope so. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, Later, Carter. Later, dude. Later. Later, dude. Later, Carter. I'll see me. I'll see you next week. Peace.